So I was listening to uh, David Goggins, and he had this, he has a pretty amazing story. And he was talking about going on our theme of momentum, and it's Momentum Monday, so it's ideal for us to be recording now. But he was he was talking about how it all starts in the mind and you can you can try and have all these you can try and have all these external factors that come in and like motivate you but those are external things mm-hmm. then you're not going to have you're not going to find true motivation and you're not going to find that motivation that keeps you going when adversity hits right unless it's intrinsic and it's inside of you and you really need to like be self-aware of what that is and what's going to stop you from being motivated when you, when adversity does hit and that in the end you are the most powerful thing. Your mind is the most powerful thing and that you need to have your mind right to really be able to push through those hard things when adversity hits because everyone can have really good and easy momentum when everything's when all the settings is right when the environment's right and all those everything's aligning but when things are not aligning that's when it's hard and he talked about how which i'm obviously you know i'm a huge kobe fan um and shout out to my uncle he got me uh, a book it was like kobe it's like um i can't remember what it was called because i just got it and his book about kobe and he was released at the end of 2018 and i was flipping through it and I guess this is the part where he's talking about USA basketball and there's a picture of him with no headphones on and him in the locker room and everybody else has headphones on. Mm. And he talks about how, and I literally looked at this book yesterday and he, it's like about how he doesn't ever listen to music before games because he just stays in his mind and he stays focused and visualizes and he doesn't let external um, motivations distract him from what, his goal is because, and then he said, when I go into the arena, I don't have that pump up music. I can't listen to that song. That's really going to get me in the zone. When something happens, that's adversity in the game. And when people are booing at me, I don't have music to take me away from that. So if I'm not, as I'm preparing for the game and the couple of hours leading up to that, if I'm just staying in my mind and staying focused, I'll be able to handle adversity better than that, better than if I had <clears throat> external motivation. And then David Goggins said the exact same thing in his podcast mm. about how he's like, whenever I run and he does like ultra marathons and when he ever does pushups, I think he, I think he did like some ridiculous, like thousands and thousands and thousands of like pull-ups or something um, like absurd. Yeah. Does he have the record? I want to say yeah. he has a record for it's that. like 67,000 pull-ups or something like that. Yeah. I don't know if that's obviously, I'm assuming that's not in a row, but probably in some span of hours or something mm. like in a day or something. And he says he doesn't ever listen to to music when he works out or when he runs because if because those are just external motivating factors and that if you take those away, how are you gonna are you gonna be able to motivate yourself to then push through adversity when when it happens? And yeah. so it's it's really interesting. It's hard to argue with that perspective coming from those two guys. Yeah. You know? Parts of it I don't like because I just can't deny in the gym 
what music does sometimes. Yeah. Or even it, from a creative perspective or sitting here chilling, like yeah. it can have such a good impact on your mindset. Mm-hmm. You know, it's those are also two like super unique personality types. It mm-hmm. seems like obviously don't know them at all, but just from what you read and what you hear about and you hear them talk, they seem to have a different type of mind a little bit than people who it seems like both those guys are able to push through significant amounts of pain. Like you heard the one where he like ran like 20 miles on like a broken foot to complete this ultra marathon so that he could qualify for something like he was like insane. And Kobe Bryant, obviously knows like towards Achilles still shot two free throws and like walked off the court. Whereas like other players are getting carted off and carried off because they cramp up and things like that. So Dude, Kobe's mind is bizarre. Like he's he's got to have one of the best mindsets in all of sports, like that I've heard about. Yeah, because you just hear about it so much. Obviously, yeah. it's been marketed so well the Mamba mentality. Yeah. But there's not many athletes that have that. Like, it's so cool for him to be known for that. Yeah, you know, it's, it's not really just cool. the physical performance it's and to think about the impact that would have on his opponents knowing i'm playing against a guy who's thinking about this whole thing a little bit differently than everyone else dude that day that back in the olympics when he it he gave interviews in like three different languages in the in the you know in like a minute yeah I think he answered a question in English and then Italian and then in Spanish. Yeah. That was a turning point for me and how I view Kobe because I, I, I didn't know that. Like I knew he had spent time overseas, I think traveling with his dad. He grew up in Italy cause his dad played pro ball there. Yeah. Um, but you're just like, Oh, this guy's about way more than, than basketball. Um, but real quick, you know, I think something that we should, we should spend a little bit more time on is like, educating people on like what we're doing with this podcast and yeah, that's a good, good part of that is like maybe at the beginning of an episode just kind of you know making some statement about hey here's what we're doing first off here's the date first day back to work beginning of the new year it is monday hashtag monday momentum um, Momentum Monday. Momentum Has Monday. A better ring. I think it goes either way, but <laughs> Motivational Monday too. I think is another one I, I yeah. keep seeing. But um, I think I, I wrote a little blip about like we have our bio in the podcast. Mm-hmm. I wrote a little blip about what the podcast is, but like I don't know. <clears throat> the other thing is, for the most part, I the you know the people listening know us. They know our, our backgrounds mm-hmm. or they at least knew us at some point, you know, but, uh, I want to respect the fact that hopefully there's some people listening that don't know us and obviously we don't know them. So maybe here we are in our second episode, we should give like a one liner about who we are as individuals and then what we want to, what we're even doing with this podcast Yeah. before we get into to momentum and yeah. launch this son of a gun. So I haven't prepared anything for yeah, that. Yeah, I haven't prepared anything. <laughs> but uh, I think, you know, in the name of rawness, 
we can just talk about it and yeah. it doesn't have to be polished, but at least when someone clicks listen on this, you know, there'll be a, you know, this dialogue will be there. So they'll yeah. have some idea of what we're doing. Well, it's funny that you, you bring that up because I'm usually like the more structured of the two of us. Mm-hmm. And I always want to like start like, Hey, here's a, this, 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 and this, yeah, yeah. but it's, but literally as soon as we, I come over to your place or you come over to my you place. Start talking. We literally start talking. It's like, we should have had been recording as soon as you walked in almost every single time. I can't remember like one time we haven't said that. Yeah. So it is hard to like stop pause and like, Oh yeah, we should tell people what we're doing. Yeah. So <clears throat> you want to start or do you want me to say something or? Yeah, I'll start. Uh, um, so I guess we'll just talk about the podcast. We're, really doing this to just foster deep communications about and conversations, I guess, about real world topics, things that we're interested in, things that we think can provide value to others and things that we're trying. And it's, I think for me, a big part of it is that you don't have these conversations. You so rarely do you, and this is what I tell people when, when I tell them that we're doing a podcast is it's so fun to just put the phone away, literally just put the phone away for like two hours, an hour, three hours sometimes, and just like talk and talk about not gossiping, not um, talking about like just like random things in your job or like random daily things. They're talking about like real world things that you can apply to your life that can hopefully make it better, um, give you a different perspective and just really just foster growth. I think that's for me what really the podcast is. And hopefully we can take what we're learning and what we're doing. And um, hopefully people can relate to that and take something, a piece away of what we're doing and what we're either doing well or what's working for us or what we're failing at and then learning from that. I, I think that's uh, in a nutshell what I think the, the podcast is about. Okay. I'm interested to hear your take though. Yeah. I think that's a fun part of it too, to hear our two different perspectives on what we're doing. Did you want to say anything about like who you are? Like maybe your, your interests just, you gotta uh, imagine yeah. like someone yeah, yeah. has no idea. Um, well, my name is Will Dorns, uh, from born and raised in Seattle. I, um, am a fitness and health junkie. I'd say recently, um, kind of, I would say I was never super interested in, I wouldn't say super interested, but not, I don't want to go too deep on this, but um, I was never super interested in personal growth. I always kind of wanted to get better and everything. And I always like worked hard, but I never was intentful about it. I never was, um, I I can't think of the right word. More Uh, deliberate. Deliberate. Yeah. I, I was not deliberate about it. Whereas well, don't sell your. Obviously, there's no wrong answer to this, but don't sell yourself short. Like you were lifting a lot in college, right? Yeah. But maybe you were just lifting and not really thinking about the value of it as deeply as you are now. Yeah. That's just one example. But anyway, go ahead. Um. So yeah, like sports, like hanging out. Uh, I'm not just a regular guy. What do you do for a living? Uh, partner development for Amazon Web Services. That stuff in the cloud. <laughs> Shout out. That's like one constant in all of our feedback is people are like, you did so many shout outs in your first episode. <laughs> Just thing. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I feel like that's a good, that's a good kind of baseline for like who I am. Um, 
You like to golf a lot. I think that's Yeah, big golfer. Athletics are huge in my life. You read a lot. Yeah. You know, this is what we should do is we should do the bios for each other. That would be interesting. That would be really interesting. As far as I'm concerned, you've missed a lot of stuff. Yeah. It's important stuff that I think a stranger should know about your background. For instance, you're, you are in a fraternity. Are you always in a fraternity? Well, you were right. in a fraternity and then <clears throat> you are alumni in that from the fraternity. Yeah. So, yeah. So, and that, that's an important point, I think, especially as we're reading the book tribe, I've thought a lot about how you have this kind of inherent community with this with your frat yeah and you've always been someone who is planning things especially specifically you know obviously for yourself and for your fiance shout out but for your friends like you've always had these golf tournaments at least as far as i've known you golf tournaments we've gone to palm springs to golf together uh margarita madness can't wait for that again but all these like that's i think that's an important thing um, because not everybody does that, yeah. you know, most, most people probably aren't doing that, planning things for large groups. Um, so that's an important thing about, about you. Um, you obviously golf, you're a pretty prolific reader, aren't you? Not as much as I'd like, but I think everyone says that, but yeah, yeah. I try and read at least a book a month, <clears throat> if not more. Yeah. So that's interesting. You've got a pretty, I think, well-rounded perspective on things. Um, and then I think I'd probably throw meditation in there. I guess we, we probably yeah. talk about that a lot, but, uh, yeah. Meditation is a big part of my life for sure. Yeah. I tell everyone about it. If I hear someone's interested in meditation, I like want to talk to them about it. And you started that two years ago, uh, two years ago, January 1st, two years ago. Ah, New Year's. And been, uh, been very, I started with the, Resolution. I'm pretty, if I set a resolution, I'm actually pretty good about keeping probably like 85% of my, the ones that I said. Mm. And I was, uh, and this goes back to like the intrinsic, like if I said it, I'm going to do it for me. Right. And then if I'm doing this for me, it's most likely going to benefit other people because I'm doing these things for me, you know? Right. Um, I think there's so much to be, to be said about, I was just talking to Phil about this and actually a a handful of friends and like this idea we have sometimes when it comes to like taking care of ourselves or like saying no or doing things that it's, it can feel selfish when really taking care of yourself is one of the most generous things you can do to your friends because it allows you to present the best version of yourself in all of your relationships. That's a really like, that's a concept that I think everybody understands, but I don't hear a lot of dialogue about that. I don't yeah. hear a lot of talking about it, but, um, you know, and, and that's obviously reflective of the conversations I'm in and the people that I'm around. But like, um, I think it's an interesting, to, interesting thing to throw out there because I think we're both appreciating that concept more and more that like the more we pay attention to ourselves and take care of ourselves, mm-hmm it's not, it's not all just about us. Like your meditating isn't just about you. Your golfing isn't nothing is like static or kind of limited to that one thing. It's like things that make you happy, make you a more pleasant person to be around. Yeah. So perfect example of this, I'll not to toot my own horn, but, uh, we had a 
uh, golf tournament at West Seattle Golf Club, and I'm on the West Seattle Golf Club. We all saw your post, dog. Men's like, club. Yeah, let's hear it. But, like, I, so I played pretty well. One man's ground where you get two shots. So it was not, like, super legit golf. It was super fun. I placed first in my flight. Um, so I was just so freaking pumped. I, like, came home, and I, like, saw Jenna, and I was just, like, super pumped. Like, you know, like, you get to do something you love. And obviously when you do, when you start to do good things and, or you have a good momentum in whatever that was, then you're just going to be hyped up and you're going to like be so excited to see other people and not so much excited to like brag about what you did, but like you're just in such a better mood that like hopefully that mood then rubs off on them and then they're in a good mood. And that's like what I think a lot of the benefit of self-care is, is that the positivity and excitement that you bring into your life by doing the things that you love then rubs off onto other people. Yeah. I mean, that is really tangible value. Like when you're bringing good energy to a conversation or, you know, obviously you're here, you're excited about it. You're excited with Jenna, dude, good energy doesn't come from nowhere and we need it. We rely on it. Um, so it's super tangible. Like that's a really, you know, toot your own horn. Don't even, you know, call it whatever you want to call it, but there's nothing bad about that. That's a great thing, you know? So I think I'm trying to, you know, adopt some of that energy a little bit more myself. And like, dude, it's okay to talk about things that you really, really enjoy. Maybe something you're good at, maybe a success that you had. Like we all need that from each other. Yeah. So like, you're not tooting your own horn. If you're not telling people, no one's going to know. Yeah. You're, we are not Kobe and David Goggins. Yeah. I want to call them the Gogs, by the way. I think that's the a Gogs. really funny thing, you know, because it kind of sounds like a obese person. And like, obviously he used to be, and now he's like ripped. Yeah. But the Gogs. The Gogs. Sounds like a monster. Does kind of um, sound like a monster. <clears throat> All right. So before we get into momentum altering, give my two cents on it. Um, Oh, and also you are 30? 30. You're 30. 30. 30. 30. 30. Oh, is it the 7th? Ooh, tomorrow will be 30 and a half to the day. Oh, geez. You're one of those people? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, it's too late, man. Um, so I just turned 32. Um, I am in technology sales at a company called Redapt. Man, I was thinking about this earlier. I didn't want to mention my job first. That is not... How you define yourself? No. I mean, it is, but it's. I don't want it to be that way, right? I, the value that I bring to this world is not my job title and what I do, right? That's a means to an end, but... But it's a big part of how people define themselves. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, it's neither here nor there, I guess. I guess it is. That's what we're talking about. Um, so we build infrastructure. So I sell a lot of hardware and software and consulting kind of engineering resources to make it all work to customers all around the world. So in speaking of dates here in a couple of days, I'm having my eight year anniversary, which is pretty cool. Like I'm pretty excited. How many people stick at companies for eight years? That's the funny thing. I'm, I'm technically like the youngest sales guy and like yeah. I have the shortest tenure. We have a few new people, right? But yeah. um, as far as like our core sales group, like everyone else is like, you know, handful of guys are 20 years, 15, 12. Yeah. And here I am at eight. And by the way, I was working at Arita Sports when I heard about Redap and I thought like, well, 
they had an inside sales position. Let me go get, you know, uh, a measly salary at the, well, looking back, it was measly, but at the time it was a huge opportunity. And it was like, I don't even know what a server is, but this will help me pay rent mm-hmm. better than what I'm doing now. It's a little bit more and you know, maybe I'll learn something. So here I am eight years later, super grateful for so many people that have helped me there, you know, cause it's not something I, and that are still helping me, but it's not something that I'd, I'd still be doing if it wasn't for people like deliberately helping. So I want to make that, yeah. make that point. Um, <clears throat> aside from that, uh, I like to meditate a lot too. Um, I like to play beach volleyball. I don't play as much as I would like. Um, living in Seattle makes it a little bit harder to do that, but there's a great volleyball community here. Um, I like to work out. I've, I'm more and more enthusiastic about nutrition as time goes on. You know, um, I think it's another thing that we, we should point out. Like, you know, it sounds so funny to say that we're, I'm doing a podcast. Like I showed up to watch the Seahawks game with some friends the other day and there's a bunch of people there that I didn't know. And someone mentioned like, how's the podcast going or whatever. And the entire group is like, you have a pod, like what, you know, and you sound, you, I have to be honest, I feel like an idiot sometimes because people yeah. are looking at you like, who are you to have a podcast? Like, what yeah. are you talking, what do you have to offer? We're not experts in anything. Yeah. I think we're both very much, what's the phrase Mark Williams used to use all the time? About OpenStack, we're a jack of all trades, master of none. Yeah. You know, I think. I've always kind of been that way too. Yeah. Always. Yeah, me too. Um, Always have had, we've always been athletic, always played a bunch of different sports. Um, I played soccer in a small college here called Northwest University in in Kirkland, just east of Seattle. Shout out to the gang. Um, But... uh, yeah, always have just had like lots of interests, lots of them, you know. And it's funny thinking back as a as a kid, like a lot of the things that I'm interested in now, like I was interested in as a kid. Yeah. Like sports, fashion, music, mm-hmm. inspiration. I'm really I've always been it's been funny having more conversations with my mom lately. She's you know, your parents can tell you so much more about yourself because like you don't have the same catalog of your childhood that they do. Um, and she was kind of reminding me like I've always been into the idea of like motivation and inspiration and where things come from the history why things are the way that they are so um <clears throat> this podcast is just like an extension of that right yeah. we're just being super deliberate about what's going on what's working what's not um what else I I live in I live in Madison Park Will lives in Capitol Hill in Seattle that's important I think uh, we live a couple miles apart from each other. Uh, what else? What else? What else do you think I I should say about I think myself? You're leaving off your creativity. Yeah, I was going to get to that, but yeah, yeah. I, I, think, I think you're think leaving off your creativity and your your humor and your storytelling. Oh yeah, you're really good at telling stories and you're funny, dude. I think way better than I am. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, dude. I will tell you this much. Um, I was, this could be a whole podcast of us just like trying to define who we are and like talk about like why we are the way that we are. But like, um, 
I've always loved humor. I've all, I think it's in some ways it's a coping thing, right? Like any situation I'm going to, I can make a joke out of it Yeah. very much. You know, I didn't watch Jerry or the, uh, Seinfeld until like college, but I just fell in love with Jerry Seinfeld because like, no matter what, like he's going to make a joke about yeah. something and have an interesting perspective. And, and, you know, I think that's one of the coolest, I think there's a ton of value in humor. Like there is a ton of value. Yeah. There's an art to it, but um, I appreciate that you, <laughs> you said that you, you mentioned storytelling because um, I don't remember what moment it was, but there was a point where the kind of idea struck me that like, you can practice that, like you can become a better storyteller. And I've always gravitated and I've always really liked other I've always really liked people that are funny, like friends and coworkers. Like, yeah. you know, Bill Colello is a really funny storyteller, mm-hmm. like animated, short, yeah. angry Italian guy, super successful, but like incredible storyteller can just capture a room. Right. Uh, Ken, Ken LaPierre is pretty good at that. Uh, tons of other people. Um, and so I've tried to, I've actually tried to get better. I've tried to think about like, what are people hearing when I'm telling a story, you know? Can I, is there any way that I can shorten it? What are the points I'm trying to make? Like, if it's funny, like, how do I deliver that? How do I set it up without, you know, too much wasted space? Anyway, that's, that's a whole nother thing, but I appreciate you saying that because I've, you know, uh, I'm going to say something that feels kind of weird, but in the, in the value of the podcast, like I think the more that we can expose about ourselves, the more value we can potentially provide in ways that we're not even capable yeah. or we're not even aware of. So something I'm going through now is like obviously a tough breakup that is, has been pretty demanding and um, it's been a really good opportunity to, um, to talk to people about like, you know, about, you know, kind of how that goes and what you do in the meantime to recover and, I've had so much time to like read and have more conversations and research stuff and spend a little bit more time with my motivations. And like, so I've been creating a lot more. I've been getting back to like some of the logos. I've told you this whole diatribe earlier about this other effort that I I'm, I'm working on and, and wanting to kind of create some value. And, and I think you can use like products and you can use um, clothing to communicate and like, uh, and do stuff. So anyway, I'm glad you mentioned the creativity piece because I'm like a non-technical salesperson. I'm an amateur at anything creative, but I do think I'm very much a creative person. And I've always been doing that as Mm -hmm. a kid. I made my own jumps like bike jumps, um, uh, rails as a skater. Like, uh, I, one of the funniest things I ever made as a kid, um, was do you remember soap shoes the shoes no, that you could shoes. like they had a like a plastic insert like in the arch of your foot so that you could like grind rails oh i but oh, you're like yeah. wearing tennis shoes yeah so i you do could, remember you know, those uh you know my mom didn't want to buy those for me and so i like made my own pair and they worked really well it was super really? bizarre yeah um anyway like i'm just really trying to embrace that and i think that there's something, you know, we're being super creative with this podcast. Like yeah. we actually are like, we're not making a physical thing, but like people are consuming this thing that we're putting out into the world and it's having an impact on them. And 
hopefully. Well, it, that's factual because like half of my New Year's Eve was conversations about it. Almost all my friends are constantly asking me about it. I've gotten feedback from some people that I don't I don't really talk to anymore who listen to it uh, by way of Instagram. Um, and so people are saying, do more. I liked that. You guys sitting down having these conversations, you know, just a couple of examples. Um, you know, someone said, a handful of people are saying, you know, hey, that's pretty brave of you guys to do that because like, you know, we world to it's just kind listen. of vulnerable. We're going to sound yeah. stupid. We're going to, I have tons of regrets of things I've already said, but like that, like doing that motivates other people to be a little bit more brave. And I don't think we thought of ourselves as brave, but we knew there was some vulnerability to it. Yeah, there is, you know, the more vulnerable you can be, I think the better and the more authentic you can be, the better. And yeah, <clears throat> that first episode, we were kind of jokes and we were a little drunk, but I think, I think a lot of people's podcasts started when they were intoxicated on something <laughs> yeah. on the first couple ones they did. And yeah. that's usually when the real you truly comes out. Now, we weren't like hammered, but we started sober and we, that was the real us. Like yeah. we were, that was. Dude, your buddy, Kurt, he was talking about how like Kurt, right? Yeah. Um, shout was, out. Shout out. Oh, we pumped. New Year's Eve. Yeah. You know, I don't want to be obnoxious with the shout outs, but like also I love the idea of like our friends hearing us talk about them on here, you know, so yeah. like, I'm going to continue to do it, whatever. Um, just probably a less than if I'm drinking a bunch of tequila, <laughs> at least on this episode. Like he was making that point about like meditation and us just like, we didn't get into anything really super personal in that first episode, but just the idea of as men, uh, Especially he was saying like, we're not really encouraged to do that, to like be vulnerable and talk about feelings and emotions and like yeah. things that don't work, you know, talking about some things that, that haven't gone super well. And so just like hearing him, you know, I don't know him super well, but like I was really surprised to hear of all the things we talked about in an hour and a half. That's what he wanted to talk to me about was like, yeah, interesting. that's cool. And he's like, I think that is going to drive other people to do it. I mean, that whole conversation is kind of just analogous to the whole thing. Cause he and I are having a conversation that we never would have had if it wasn't for this podcast. Yeah. Obviously he's kind of showing me a side of him that I didn't know. Yeah. He's being vulnerable. Yeah. He's being a little bit more vulnerable, obviously helps that we're lit on new year's Eve, but like lit lit. Um, so I think like for me, I, I, I wanted to do this now because I wanted to have this conversation now about like why we're doing this or what the point is, because I think it's evolved for me a lot over the last, it's been a year and a half since we over that, since we recorded our first recording. Yeah. And then, you know, it was just a little different. So now one, something that's just so much more valuable and so much more clear is just like a, how much I just enjoy this. Like mm -hmm. we, we really like doing this. Yeah. It's not work. It's not, you know, there's no like writer's block. There's no like, this is always something I'm looking forward to. I think we both kind of want to figure out how to do it more. How can we be more efficient to share more? But just the act of having the conversation. I know, you know, several times a month we're going to get together. We're going to talk about stuff. I'm always, and maybe this is a good segue into the topic. The next day I'm always pumped. Yeah. No matter how good or bad, you know, you know, or 
well, what would I say? How just how good we thought the recording yeah. was, or sometimes it's not as good, or we said yeah. that we're, we're going to scrap that. I always feel great once we part ways. I always go do something productive. I'm always thinking about doing more, and then the next day I'm happy. I'm and I'm just saying I can't wait till we do it again. How do we do it more? Sometimes I wish that we did these because we typically do these at night. Yeah. Sometimes I really wish we did them at morning so I'd have the whole day to then be like, Dude, why have the we? motivation to go like do them? Yeah. We do a lot of them during the week, work week. But there, so here's another thing, and I think maybe this this time we can like get into the concept of momentum and use this segue because it is great. Yeah. But like. There's no barriers to us just like maybe once a month or however much we want, say like, hey, let's get together at 7 a.m. and do a 30 minute recording and yeah. go about our day or 6 a.m. Like whatever. Yeah. What there are there aren't barriers to like doing more stuff. They're all things that like we're kind of creating and maybe you don't want to wake up early or did you catch it? I got it. Ooh. You know that's on camera, so that's like pretty cool. Yeah, that's just cool. did that. See a fly. Yeah, uh, you should eat it for the protein. That would have been I'll, funny. I'll pass there. Uh, yeah, let me. Um, anyway, like, I, I I could sit here and we could do like a three hour episode on like, ironically, why we're doing a podcast, a podcast about like why yeah. we're doing a podcast, but we power out, why yeah we put out one stupid you know I I don't I don't want to bash it, but yeah, like you're being you're being too hard on it. I, I, yeah, well, you know what I what why I think that's coming from is like we have other episodes where like we are a lot more we're focused efficient. on the value, we're focused on the value, and like we're not swearing constantly, we're not drunk, like you know we're not playing E forty in the beginning of it, just like sounding so dumb and talking about the Lakers yeah. game, like that's all great, like you yeah, know yeah. it is great, but I guess what I am doing is like I'm comparing it and I'm thinking about the value. Like, you know, I'm, I'm telling some strangers the other day, like most of our friends know it's going to be kind of silly. There's going to be silliness, like whatever. But I'm telling some strangers and um, this person was like, oh, I'm going to queue it up and listen to it on my way to work Monday. I'm like, I'm, I'm having oh, to wait, I'm, wait, yeah, wait, yeah, wait, yeah. Wait. I'm like, okay, uh, skip like the first hour because we're totally messing around and like whatever. But it's like, whatever. Like some episodes are going to be like that and and... I think everyone's gotten a laugh out of mm-hmm. a bunch of those moments. And so to me, like, dude, I think our barometer for success obviously will evolve. But like, I've asked almost every person, like, did you laugh? Like, was it funny? And it, obviously everyone, not obviously, but hey, toot our own horns. Like, everyone says, yeah, dude, that was hilarious. Like, you guys are so silly. Like, all the sounds, the clinking of your tequila glasses. Somebody was saying that. The clinking of our glasses got louder as we went on. <laughs> there is a time. There is a time where I thought I actually remember. I thought we were gonna, gonna break, break this glass. glass. Yeah, that would have been so great if we did. I'm like in the freezer. I don't think it would have been bad. Oh, dude, no, not at all. Um, but anyway, I think we'll have more and more conversations about what we're doing here and why we're doing it. But I was just thinking today about. You know, I think it's important that we put that dialogue out there so that when yeah. people do start listening to this, they kind of hear in our voices and our perspective on like what we're doing. And to, just to kind of preface it a little bit to be like, hey, we don't really know what we're doing. We're not experts at things, but we do think there's value in these conversations. It's obviously driving more of 
conversations of this nature in our life. So I thought it was very, very important that we have this conversation out that we should have done in our first episode, but I think it'll, I think serve a purpose when people go yeah. listen to this episode to hear us talk about what are we doing here and why yeah, and what it means to us. What do you, I mean, I want to get to the topic, but what do you think you've learned in the podcast <clears throat> that we've done? Not that's a really not bad question from a concept, okay not that. from a concept perspective, but what do you think you've learned from like a skills perspective? There's the first thing that came to mind with your question. And I like the way you asked that. Um, I read somewhere that it's in some cases really like the broader you can ask a question, the better, the more honest answer you're going to get. And Joe Rogan kind of does something the opposite where he'll ask a question and then like ask iterations of that question. And that's good. Like you got to be a good interviewer. You got to maybe get to something if you're fishing. But what he does a lot of times is he puts the person answering that question in a box. He's like, he'll say something like, why are you doing this podcast? Are you doing it for your health? Are you doing it for others? Are you doing it because you want to know more? And like more, more, more. When sometimes I'm just like, if you ask a super broad question, you get the rawest exposure to that person's brain and that answer. So you have to pause and think. Yeah. And you can go anywhere you want with it. So when you ask, what have you learned? Like, and leave it at that. There's a lot of, it leaves room for me to go wherever I want to go. And I want to get to like a skill thing. I think you said skill or concept thing, but the first thing is there was a really sad moment when it had gone on for so long. And I was definitely using perfection as this excuse to not get started because I was so hung up on like, I want to create this experience for people. Then they see our logo and they see, you know, the presentation of it, this whole first impression idea. Um, and essentially all that really did is it led to us not releasing it mm-hmm. for a long time, like much longer. Obviously we posted our first episode in late December of 2018 with our first recording being May, May 17th of 2017. Yeah. So like we, I, I feel pretty responsible for like pushing it out because I was married to this idea of like, let's create this brand while we're also making these recordings. And, um, there was a point where we were texting back and forth and I think, you know, I had regurgitated a quote from someone, uh, which is a pretty simple concept, but like when something's not getting done, like it's just not that important to you. And when I kind of read that, I was like, this actually is really important. And so we need to get this out. And then over time the brand can evolve. And so to kind of explore that idea a little bit more, like something for me is like, I'm thinking about what's really important um, in my life and being more deliberate about how I'm spending my time. Like that, that experience and that realization that, Hey, why isn't this podcast out? Why do I have to say, uh, just wait a little bit longer every time someone asks me about it? Why is it? Is it because it's not important? Is it because I'm making excuses? Understanding that experience and saying, all right, fuck it, let's release this thing. Mm -hmm. And then I can, we can figure out a brand whatever later. Right. Um, the brand is just like a bell and whistle. That's like a, I think it's going to become a big part of it. I really want that. That is important to yeah. me as well. But what's more important is people just hearing us talk yeah. and understanding what we're doing and then and then the feedback that we get from it. So that's a weird way of answering like, what have you learned? Like to me, it's just more important for me to just be super deliberate about what's going on in my life and the things that I'm doing. And 
I'm not always consistent. You know, I'm going to do stupid things and we're human. Have We're some human. regrets, but like, yeah. Um, but I'm trying. It almost feels like in the entire world, like 2019 is a year of self care. Like everybody knows that, like taking care of yourself. I, I don't know why it feels that way for me. I think it's the conversations I'm having and who I'm trying to surround myself yeah. with. But like everyone's talking about meditation and yoga and their health and intermittent fasting or whatever that they want to do. It's probably a little bit of confirmation bias and being in your own bubble. Sure. Yeah. Um, I'm fine with that. Yeah. 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 Obviously you want to surround yourself with what you. Everyone's talking about energy. Everyone's talking about whose energy I'm around. Um, You're talking about when you told me about your golf story, I hear that. And I think you're sharing good energy. You're contributing energy into the pot. Someone can consume that. That's going to encourage them to feed it back to you and take it somewhere else. Like, so, um, Anyway, I kind of got lost there. But. No, I think you've learned self-reflection and to see what's important for yeah. you. Yeah. From a very small standpoint, I've one of the things that I've learned to become a lot better at is because I spend roughly about two hours plus on the phone every day. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I've really, I, I think I've always been a pretty good listener. I've always been pretty good at listening to people um, going through things. I think I've always been pretty good at that. Mm-hmm. But I think I've become better at it and being able to not cut in, let them speak and just let them go. Uh, I think I heard a stat and I think about the stat all the time. It's I could be getting the stat wrong because I heard it a while ago and it was the average person interjects like every like 13 or 17 seconds. I feel like it's even shorter than that. I'd have to look it up before the person, the other person does sort of stop talking. So you'll be talking for 13 seconds and before you've even finished your sentence or thought or whatever, I will in every 13 or 17 seconds, some number like that, <laughs> I will interject and cut you off and say what my, my thoughts are instead of letting you continue your thought. Mm-hmm. And so that's able to let you then have full, fuller thoughts, um, really get across what you're trying to say instead of me cutting in and having this really fragmented type of conversation that has a lot of half-baked ideas that don't all get fully baked and out there in the conversation. Mm. It's funny as you're talking about it, I'm like making sure that I don't. Do yeah. <laughs> Dude, so it's, it's so hard because, and I think this is also where meditation has helped me too, is you become self-aware of like what you're doing and what you want to do. Mm-hmm. So I'm aware that like, I want to talk, I want to like cut in and like cut this person off and like add this, my opinion, where I think is value, maybe the information. And sometimes you just have to do that based off of the situation. If you have the correct information, you know, but I do really realize and notice myself when I want to do that. And I'm able to at least have that conversation internally. Is this an appropriate time to do that or not? And that's just a very small thing. And I think talking for extended periods of times like we have, where we're talking about such deep concepts, um, not all the time, but it's uh, <laughs> talking about concepts that, that you need so to have, your phone needs to be away for at least 20 to 30 minutes to get to really get into it. Yeah. And I think that's, that's really helped us at least from my perspective, to keep those conversations going in in the best way possible. Yeah. It's funny thinking about it as you're talking about it, like 
you could be depriving yourself of a better conversation by interrupting someone because you're not letting them, as you used the term, fully bake their idea or their perspective on whatever they're talking about. Um, but I would say that it feels like you do a pretty good job because I always feel like I'm rambling, but you really interrupt me. <laughs> um, how do you think I do at that? I think you're pretty good about it. Okay. I can be, I can be bad. I I know I will feel myself doing it sometimes because I think sometimes timing is important. Like if you're talking about something, it's like, Hey, on that note, I need to add something or I want to, you know, whatever, because in a way the conversation, the whole thing relies on us going back and forth. forth, So it's, it's appropriate sometimes to, I don't want to say, you know, quote, interrupt or interject, but like, you know, it's part of the conversation, part of the yeah. thing. You're going back yeah. and forth and you just don't want to be rude and, you know, come off like you don't care what the other person has to say. Yeah. I don't think either of us, you know, I, you know, or sometimes you just get passionate and you got to spew something yeah. out. But lose out. Yeah. Generally, I think we're, I don't, I think we're respectful in that regard. Yeah. That we're Hopefully that makes it around. easier on the listeners. Right. Joe Rogan always says that. Because hey, don't interrupt, don't talk over each other. Because yeah. we're trying to get points across, yeah. thoughts across, and so I think it's interesting that you said. Is there anything else that's like big that you feel like you've learned, or that you would say? There is, but I don't want to go down that rabbit hole just okay. quite yet. So, so let's formalize this segue and say, hey, it's Monday. We're here to talk about momentum. Uh, I don't have the definition on hand, but some, the the phrase that kind of just keeps running with me is that like this idea like, Hey, nothing in life happens without momentum. Uh, you can't finish anything or arrive at any destination without starting. Yeah. Um, no matter where your starting point is. Um, that's what we've always talked about is yeah. getting started is the hard is always the hardest part. Yeah. And we always talk about getting started and that's, that's, that's what starts the momentum. The, I do have the definitions strength or force gained by motion or, which in our, how we relate to this, I think is, or a series of events. Yeah. I think it's also important to say that we recorded this um, initially momentum yeah. with shout out to Mikey, out. who's going to be the first guest, but the audio was just so <clears throat> terrible for whatever reason that we couldn't, couldn't salvage it. But so he had some good perspective. I'm pretty yeah. bummed. Did, did, I guess he had, he had some interesting points on, and I really like this analogy is, Momentum is the idea of you are, you're a big tanker in the ocean, mm-hmm. hundreds of probably thousands of pounds, and you don't get going anywhere fast. It takes you a really long time to get going. And when you do get going and you're going through the water um, and you have a lot of good momentum, it's really hard to slow yourself down. Mm-hmm. Uh and then kind of one of the things that I brought up was you at that point was you need to be aware of blockers or icebergs in the water that are going to slow down your progress. And if you're aware of those blockers, you're going to be able to keep the momentum going because whereas if, if you just something comes out of nowhere and you're not aware of that, what that blocker is, it can totally throw off your momentum. Mm-hmm. So instead of having um, your ship go down, you maybe go around it yeah. and it slows you down a little bit, but you don't go, you don't come to a complete stop. And that's 
what I think the biggest part of my momentum is, is not stopping and starting, stopping and starting, stopping and starting. It's starting and starting small, not taking off these big chunks and just building on those little, little events yeah. over and over and over again until you're reaching a, a fast speed. Yeah. I think it's important to add that I don't really want to think about it as like starting and stopping, but like you're slowing your progress just a little bit, but don't ever completely stop. Like it's okay to have a bad, whatever your kind of venture is or your goal is or wherever you're going. Like the thing about momentum is that having it makes it easier to recover when you get a little bit off course. Yeah. That's good. That kind of makes sense. Yeah. And so much of what I am going to talk about all the time is it is going to relate to like nutrition and health in general, because I've, it was, you know, I've lost a lot of weight. My mom has lost a lot of weight. And so, so many things to me map back to that idea. And like, you just don't arrive at weight loss. You just don't arrive there. It's like, that's the whole idea. Mm -hmm. I mean, I guess you do, but like, it doesn't pop up one day. And in the other hand, it's the other thing about momentum. It's the most powerful thing in the world good and bad right so you can obviously you don't arrive homeless one day okay you do but like it doesn't just happen out of the blue right yeah. we are the result of all these little steps small decisions perseverance recovering getting up when you fall um so it's such a i think an important topic to talk about because everything that we have and everything that we've accomplished comes from hey like one day we did decide we're going to start mm -hmm. a thing and then you you know make progress and bite off chunks and and then you get somewhere shout out to mikey man it was really cool to see that you know he had kind of done some research and prepared prepared some ideas for the for the podcast we'll have to have him on as soon as yeah. we can mikey's a good thinker yeah, uh, for is. sure he really is shout out to his real estate business he's is he in scottsdale yeah i thought he's in scottsdale Phoenix. Yeah, so if you're in the market out there, which I know a lot of people are, I think it's like, what is it, Bill Gates, who's like trying to build the smart city out there, like the smartest, oh, yeah. smartest city or something. something like that. But uh, yeah, what else? so I don't have a lot of like super deliberate notes on momentum. I kind of like the idea of just riffing. I have a couple questions I want to ask you eventually, but I know that you have some notes. I did want to, kind of I did want to bring up again the, which I think this can add, I think this is a good metaphor, a good story. And also just a real world example is that um, it's the um, it's the debt it's the debt snowball. Yeah, and, that was a good point. Um, it's where you take all you list all of your your debts. And let's say you have five debts, um, and they're all in different values amounts of, of how much you're in debt, and you look at. You start by paying off the, you first off you pay, so you have five debts. They're all different amounts. You list them off lowest, lowest debt to highest debt. And you pay off the very minimum on four of those debts. And then as much as you can for the smallest debt, you pay off as much as you can on that specific debt. And then you keep paying off that one smallest debt until that one debt is paid off. So then you only have four debts and then you do the same thing and then you only have three debts and then you only have two, then you have one and then you have zero. And this really starts 
a lot of good momentum in, in, in that you're starting with the smallest thing. You're starting with the most accomplishable, low-hanging fruit task or goal that you can achieve. And once you achieve that goal, you're like, I feel good. I can do this. This is something that, that's possible. And then you do the next thing that's a little bit harder than that first task. And then you achieve that goal. And then the snowball starts getting bigger and starts ruling faster. And then you start, it just, it just, the snowball starts accelerating. And then before you know it, um, if you, if you stay vigilant and on that path, you will then have no debt. Obviously that's pretty simple concept and breaking it down. But that idea I think is just, it just makes so many, so much sense on so many different levels, especially because money is such a big issue in the States specifically regarding debt and credit cards and student loans mm-hmm. and mortgages and cars, all that kind of things. Like almost everybody has like some sort of debt that they're trying to pay off multiple times, mm-hmm. multiple ones. And if you can just break it off into to small chunks, it's so huge. And I think that's a really big part of momentum is breaking things into small accomplishable goals and tasks and then building off of that. Yeah. I'm glad you went over that again. That's a that's an interesting concept, and that was called something specifically, right? If you want to look it up, I want to the say debt snowball. Yeah, I was the debt snowball method. Okay. The, yeah, the debt sm- snowball method. There were some other interesting points that I also wanted to go over, um, in that you can attach feelings and emotions to momentum or really anything, and so you can have have positive momentum with like love, forgiveness, ownership, gratitude, self-compassion, um, all these other types of emotion that you can attach to positive events. And when you start to have more of those positive events and more of those, the, as a snowball grows, you start to have more of those positive emotions. You just start to are going to then share those positive emotions with more and more people because you're going to have more of those to give. And then if you're having negative emotions, such as apathy, hate, envy, greed, whatever those things might be, you're going to start to go into a farther and farther downward spiral, faster and faster and faster. And it's going to be harder and harder to get out of um, that spiral. And yeah. you're going to have to start momentum in the other way. And it's the kind of thing like you get you get that snowball or that tanker up at high speeds it's going to be hard, pretty hard to reverse it in one way or the other. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, I think that's also important is to be cognizant of the emotions that are and, and how they all have a compounding effect. Oh yeah. Cause if so, let's, let's go with um, like, let's just start with health, health and fitness. You're like, I want to lose 50 pounds. You start by going to the gym. Let's say you just start walking. You start walking for 30 minutes a day for like a month. You start doing that. Then you start to make some progress on that. And you start to work out more and more and more and do more intense things. But then you start to, because you're doing that, you're like, I don't want to waste that positive momentum. So I'm going to start eating healthier. Mm-hmm. Um, to build on that positive momentum and to compound that, I'm going to start getting more sleep so that my body rests and I'm have better mental clarity and that my body recovers faster and and I get better workouts in, um, then you're going to want to start to include other people in what you're doing. And then it's just going to spread out and spread out and it's going to compound more and more and more. Um, And that momentum is just going to build off of other things 
Um, and they're all going to kind of interlock together to then keep that momentum going. Yeah, that's an interesting point. I'd say like you don't see someone who crushes working out and crushes nutrition and is so good at all the types of things. They have all this positive momentum, but then they do one or two things that like totally throw it off all the time. You don't like people don't do that because they don't want to start that negative momentum that gets them going in the opposite direction. They want to do everything they can to be as streamlined as possible, move all the jumps and barriers out of the snowball plowing down a mountain so that you can reach optimal speed yeah, and optimal momentum. You're, it's, it's exciting to me that you're making some points that are similar to some things that I've written down about this, this analogy that I have uh, or that I thought was worth sharing. But I think earlier you might've mentioned the, I think you're talking about the power of why, but I've written here the, the life-changing potential power of starting, just starting anything. And I'd written down that there's this, the satisfaction of doing things for yourself, accomplishing new things. Um, and, and obviously there's so many analogies that we can use, but I was sitting here thinking about it one day, looking at this fiddle leaf fig plant that I have. <clears throat> Which one is that? That's one right there. The tall skinny that, one. That's had better days, but the whole point of the story is it's that it, it's had much worse days. And so and there's so many words in here that you just said that I'm going to say about this process. But for me, I, I got that plant, you know, last summer was really excited. These are really kind of sexy in vogue plants right now everywhere. The fiddle leaf fig, everybody wants one. Everybody, everybody knows they're sexy in vogue plant. They are, dude. I know. It's just they funny are. to hear you say a sexy in vogue plant. Sure, dude. I didn't think not. I'd ever hear that about a plant. Oh, yeah. I mean... So I got it um, and it didn't go super well. Like it started, you know, and I think people tell you like they're pretty finicky. They're hard to kind of, what would you say, grow, like maintain. Yeah. And uh, I was at a point where I almost threw it away. And then I was like, I mean, I think I paid like 65 bucks for it plus the pot, which is usually pot, really expensive. Yeah, I think I got the pot separately, so it was probably quite a bit more than that. Um, and the soil. And soil, yeah. Obviously, you're investing a little bit of time in, in taking care of it, but I just said, you know, why don't I do a quick Google search and see, like, what I can do. It's getting these brown spots on the leaves. Can I find symptoms of, like, what's happening? And, and so there's this whole thing about, like, just the idea, the powerful result of the idea of, Arriving at the destination where you say, you know what, I'm not going to give up. I'm going to be open to the idea that I'm doing something, but maybe I could be doing it better. And then that curiosity leads you to the exposure of new ideas, right? And so I look it up and there's a lot of talk about overwatering them. Like you don't want to overwater yeah, that's a fiddly big thing. thing with like plants. I, I yeah. didn't know until well, I... This is one where you're supposed to, if I recall correctly, like... You're supposed to let like the topsoil kind of like dry out before you water it again. And so you, I think they say, you know, put your finger in it and it's supposed like to be two knuckles deep or something. Yeah, like something like that. Shut up. And, uh, um, so basically I was under watering it or, you know, I, 
instead of throwing away, I was like, maybe I'll just change the way that I'm watering it. And mm-hmm. I found something that said something about like drenching it. Like some people in the growing seasons will take it outside or put it in their shower and like drench the hell out of it. Like a couple times a month, you know, uh, resoiling, right? So I did get a new pot, resoiled it, not resoiled it, but kind of refreshed it, took it out and shook it a little it. bit. Yeah, repotted it, but replaced a lot of the uh, surrounding soil and then changed the way that I was watering it. And it's got a bunch of new growth, slowly but surely. I think it's coming back to health. And it's symbolic to me because every time I see it, it's a reminder of a thing that almost that I almost gave, A, almost gave up on, uh, but B, decided to not give up. Not give up on, go, I'm going to stop with the numbers, but like, or the letters, but go do some research, make a small uh, shift in, in what I'm doing. And then you start to see small results. And I'll never forget the day that it had mostly these kind of like dying leaves. I'll never forget the day that I saw the new growth. Dude, I was jumping for joy, <laughs> right? I'm like so pumped. I look at it every day now, you know, people always talk about, I don't know, people always talk about, I always hear, you know, studies have proven that if you like talk, talk to, to plants, plant, yeah. it helps. I talk to these guys, talk to that little guy all the time, right? What do you say? I say, you know, I, I've always said something kind of funny, like um, nourish and flourish. We're going to nourish and flourish. I got a- going to nourish and flourish today. Yeah. My man's over there. Um, then I got these other other guys, that I, guys and gals that I, that I chat with. But um, I got a little mister. I read something about how, you know, it likes, it. you know, misting is good. I think it's kind of good for all plants. But, like, that's kind of fun. And I feel like this crazy old man who walks around and talks to his plants. But Dude, like, you know what we should do? Super fun. Not to interrupt you, but we should record in Amazon Spheres. Oh, yeah. Let's do that. That'd be sick. Let's do that, like, next week. Yeah. Anyway, to kind of finish that, like, I love that I get to look at it and remember, like, hey, I made a choice. Anyway, this kind of nursing back to health is all momentum. Like it, there wasn't something that one day I was able to do to get it to where it is now. It was decision to like try again, try something different, put my, you know, ego side and thinking. The first step was acknowledging that it was on its lost legs. Second step was reflecting on should I making the decision to try and salvage it, save it. Yeah. Third step was researching. How do you do that? Then the fourth step was putting it, putting that into action. All those are small, very small steps. Yeah. But they need to happen. Yeah. To, to start and to save and to build. Yeah. To do anything. So it's kind of funny that we're just like, we're basically just making more and more analogies about momentum, but like, it's real. It's a real thing. And it's a good analogy. And everything in your life is like that plant. You can give up and it'll die, or you can continue to, to go forward. And maybe I think one of the biggest things about this, um, is, is like, you have to be open to new ideas. Otherwise, like you're just, you know, that I love that saying of, insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results and like dude i'm glad i didn't throw that away i tried different things and outgrows and then what i have written here is like and, and kind of what you were saying about uh just momentum in general that like success in one thing just bleeds into everything else because that's that develops energy 
And now I have, I can pat myself on the back and go, Hey, I was failing, but I figured something out. What else can I go figure out that I'm not doing that good at? And like, where can I kickstart momentum in with the, with the belief that and understanding that if I start now, no matter how much it sucks, no matter how trivial the initial effort or start is, that is required to arrive somewhere greater down the road. Mm-hmm. Like it's such a simple concept. It's like, duh, dude, it's like obvious, but it's also just super fun knowing, hey, I started today and maybe in five days, five months, five years, I'll be at a place that I never could have ima- imagined. And it was, I owe it all to that time that I started. And like you just, although there's so many good yeah. quotes about it, you mm-hmm. can't, you know, I don't know if I already said this, but you I can't finish anything without starting. We talked about this in the first the first episode, and you you mentioned about how good does momentum feel? Oh yeah, and that's kind of what I went to bring up when we were when I brought up the emotions. Is that you felt good about what you did to save that plant, <laughs> yeah. and it just got you pumped. So now every time you see it, it starts good emotion because you're like I. I did that. That gets me excited. Um, that means I can go do other things. Yeah. And it's a simple, it's a something as simple as saving a plant. <laughs> yeah. Well, and the funny thing is, it's like that's reflective of my body as well. Right. Yeah. Cause the way I look at it is what I was doing a few years ago was a slow suicide. And that's the way I look at all unhealthy habits as it pertains to nutrition or like not exercising. Entropy. Yeah. Like, Dude, if you're if you're gaining weight or like you're overweight, like, and I'm echoing Joe Rogan here, but I really do believe in this. Like, you're kind of killing yourself. Like, you're not, you're not like we are meant to be fit. Like a hunter gatherer had to fend for themselves and use their bodies mm-hmm. every day, right? We are meant to sit. We are meant to move and communicate and all this stuff. And so it's like. It's all just so obvious, right? When you do things, things get better. And when you do one thing, everything else benefits. So shout out to Matt Huff. A rising tide raises all boats. Mm-hmm. Like putting positive energy towards anything that you want to do or towards anyone, it's not limited to that. And we're, you know, I feel super lucky in realizing that in so many ways when I think I'm focusing on one thing, I find benefits everywhere. Yeah. So I started with, hey, what I want to do is change my physical body. I ended up with a healthier mind, right? More energy, better relationships with friends. I'm doing more things and more more interests. Like, and you know, I was talking to my mom the other day. Shout out to Donna again. Uh, the Donnas. The Donnas. Um, Dude, we went to an auction on Saturday. Oh, yeah, that's right. And I just, dude, that's a whole nother thing, man. I got that blanket over there. There's a legendary story behind that blanket. I got these Tell it. these railroad bookends right here. I, I saw those. Those, yeah. those are repurposed from rails. They weigh oh, probably they 20, look super heavy. 20 pounds each. Well, um, curl those. Yeah, I might. Um, anyway, so like my mom loses all this weight. Uh, you know, I... I kind of want to hear the story about the, the blanket. Well, let me, let me get to that, but... Um, what was I going to say, dude? Oh my Sorry. gosh. Um, I don't know. I've, I've been on a tear, so maybe it's good that I forget what I was saying because I was rambling for a long time. But, oh, I was talking about just like the, the weight loss. Like when you just 
you make some some decisions to do things and it's like you end up kind of flabbergasted in a sense you're like i can't believe this other area of my life has improved Mm -hmm. as a result of me wanting to improve something else so that's going back to what you were saying about feeling good about momentum like you just know when you're doing the right things, you're like something good is going to happen. Yeah, and I don't even I'm probably I don't I'm not even aware of like yeah. what is going to happen. How many you hear this so often when somebody makes it rich or famous or they make a book? They're like, I if you would have talked to me ten years ago when I was whatever situation I was in, and you would have said, Are you going to write a book that's going to make millions of dollars in ten years? You'd be like, No way! I'm just trying yeah. to survive right now. Like, no way. Yeah. And I think what all of those people have in common, what all those people have in common is they overcame adversity. They, they overcame setbacks, but they didn't take shortcuts. There's no really good. Those are two really, really good points. Adversity is a really good one to make. I just want to, I just want to say that. <laughs> yeah. It's it's so it's just so true. Like we, we were talking about Kobe earlier, but like so many like it seems like anybody who's interesting is just like a result you can point to them having gone through something that and here's the beautiful thing about it. It's all perception and it's all relative, right? Whatever your struggle was is what makes you who you are. Mm-hmm. And there's no sense in comparing your situation with someone else's because it's just yours yeah. and that's just theirs. Like that's a good, that's a good point because sometimes and I came from a fortunate background. So and I. sometimes I, I hear these people with their stories and they came from these just rough beginnings where I'm like, I can I really can't relate to that, that life that they live. Like I just, I really just can't like, yeah. and sometimes it makes me feel like, what I'm, what I'm talking about is more phony. Sure, like sometimes yeah. that, that it, it, that's a real thought that I have sometimes, but I think that's a good point is that everybody only can go through the adversities that they've gone through and everybody battles different things. And that's why you see people who are rich and famous struggle with their mental health because they're going through battles, even though people think they have it all yeah. versus people who have nothing and they're happy and they can manage it. And then people in the middle who are unhappy too, like it's everybody's going through something different and everybody handles something differently. And that doesn't make them a better or worse person for it. Yeah. It's like the analogy of like, especially living in Seattle, the sunny days are so great because of the rain. Mm -hmm. Happiness is so great because of tragedy. Like without some, I can relate as a Coug fan. Please shut up. Without some, you know, balance, like you don't appreciate anything. Yeah. Um, and going back to what you said, well, what we both said about being fortunate, that that's relative, or sorry, um, having a fortunate upbringing or background. Um, that's all perspective too, because I think a lot of people would look at my life or my upbringing, and everyone would have a dip, would have a different interpretation. I could say some things that would lead a lot of people to say, well, you had a, you came from a really crappy place. And I could say things that from other people's perspectives, they would say, you came from an incredible place. Like I could have only wished to have what you had. Mm -hmm. And others that would say, 
how the hell did you make it here? Because that was so bad. Mm-hmm. Right. And someone could say the same thing about you. Right. Everybody's like, you know, richer or poorer or had a tough thing. Yeah. Lost a loved one, a disability, health, any, anything creates that. And I think it's super, you know, we're, dude, we're, we're people that I think are, we were talking about this in New Year's, like you were talking about how good the year was and how all this momentum going into the next year. And I was like, dude, it tells me so much about your perspective because like you left a job for another job and then you lost your job. And now you have a job that you're doing again. And like never once did I feel like you were looking at it as a negative situation. Yeah. So that's your perspective propelling you through, through these moments. And like, I think there's plenty of people out in the world who would just love to say, what was me? I lost my job. Yeah. Whereas you, I think took it as an opportunity. Yeah. You definitely did. Like I was unemployed for like, it wasn't super long, but it was three and a half months. Yeah. But like you had, you, it was, I, I really admired how you had had, like you had developed these new habits and you would, I think were maybe not new habits, but you deliberately were doing things every day unique to being unemployed. Like you were spending a lot more time golfing because you said, dude, yeah. I want to get better. I want to get better at this game. Yeah. So I have time. I'm going to go do that. Like, that's good. That's healthy. You weren't just drinking or like leaning on unhealthy things yeah. or developing, letting, dude, funny, funny kind of full circle thing here. You weren't letting negative momentum build. Yeah. Like you had one moment, which was unfortunate that you lost your job. And then, you know, I don't even think it really had anything to do with you personally. Right. It was a company yeah, situation was a company, right? yeah. way beyond your power started way before you got there, but you didn't let any negative momentum really build. And, and you did very much the opposite. And you said, I'm going to use this to create some good momentum. And you're probably in a situation now as a result of what you did during that time. I think a lot of it's like mindset wise, you yeah. know, like I think you were reading a lot more, you're meditating a lot more obviously golfing more, um, whatever, whatever. We can talk about that forever. But do you want to hear a story about the blanket? Yeah, I do. Um, So first off, it was my mom's Christmas wish for me to come to this auction with her. And she goes, she's been kind of, it's kind of like a, it's a place in Linwood called Sunset Auctions. And it's like, it's kind of like antique stuff. And it's like, dude, it was in like a glorified warehouse. I had no idea what to expect, but like, she's the hardest person to buy for for Christmas because she just doesn't want any yeah. crap. She yeah. They don't need anything. And obviously, as any probably mom would tell you, all they want is your time, right? That's that's every mom's love language is they just want to spend time with you. Yeah. You know, do you have something to say on that? Sounds like you're thinking about something. I was just going to say, I don't get my parents. I rarely get my parents' gifts anymore. My dad, I'm pretty positive my dad's love language is gifts. Is oh, gifts. So I try and get him gifts. I think he appreciates when I get him gifts more than when I do. He loves when I spend time with him, of course, like any um, parents do, like you said. But I do think my dad really likes receiving gifts. Dude. But my mom loves time. Yeah. Loves time. Well, the th- funny thing about gifts is like, I think we all know like Christmas and gifts, like there's some pretty thick layer of bullshit around the whole concept, but there's, it's pretty amazing when you find a thing and you go, I know this person is going to love this thing and it's, they're going to use it and it's going to, you know, it can make someone's life a little bit better by finding something awesome. So that's my favorite thing to do for is to get 
a specialized experience because I'm then I'm oh, yeah. spending time with them that is tailored to their interests that they will then hopefully appreciate even more. Shout out to my guy Diesel. What was the gift you told me about? Was it for your aunt or for your mom to go tea tasting? Yeah, this really mom. cool like tea yeah, queen, library or queen something. Mary's Tea House. Yeah, it's a, it's an incredible so place. Yeah. Um, did you do that already? Yeah. Was it dope? Yeah, it was pretty sick. Yeah. Really good tea. Was that your mom's Christmas gift? It was her. It was funny. It was actually like Mother's Day. Oh. It was, it, no, sorry. It was her birthday. And it's just things happen. My mom travels a good amount. And then I tried doing it. And she's like, no, I can't do this. So mm-hmm. I was like, hey, and it wasn't her Christmas present or we don't do. Our family does uh, $100. You choose a gift or experience or whatever. And you choose one person within the family to do that with. Yeah. So I had my dad this year. Um, oh, okay. So I didn't have my mom. Anyways, it was really cool. And my mom absolutely loved it. She like sent me a text afterwards. She's like, I'm so happy that you did that. Yeah. Made me really happy. But oh, nicely. Donna. Yeah. Anyways, sorry. The blanket. So like, dude, I've been raving about this whole story to all of my friends because it like, you know, it's so satisfying to what we're talking about to, to have someone so happy. And my mom was just so happy that we were going to this auction, talking about it constantly educating me on anything she that popped in her mind all the characters all the little people i was going to meet she's basically she's one of the few people who's like not a reseller a lot of the people there specialize in things like one guy's you know glass like any sort of glassware he knows kind of a market who makes stuff where the value is how to sell it that was super cool like i kind of eavesdropped on his conversation with the auction Mm -hmm. hearing all these different backgrounds so my mom's gotten into it and you know, dude, I can map this new hobby back to her like weight loss. Like she's got so I, I want to. This is a totally unrelated tangent, but I I think I can kind of tie it I tie it in in a weird way because like she's got so much more confidence that she I would have never really imagined her just going to some auction. She nobody referred her or invited her to this. She just wanted to go and looked an auction up, found it, and drove there one day. Couldn't find it the first day. Went back the next week and like couldn't find it. Called them. Finally found the place. Perseverance. Perseverance. Right. But I think there's so much confidence with her going out in public, meeting strangers, and opening up conversations. And dude, we get in there and I get to see a side of my mom because I'm like I've never seen her in this environment. Who are these people? What do they think of her? How did? So I'm thinking. I for me, dude, this experience. I'm. I think you can hear how I'm talking about it. Like it was so much more than just going to an auction. I was so excited to see yeah. what's happening. Like, what's the value? What is my mom doing? What are these people doing? It's a corner, this weird corner of the world. Like, these people get together every Saturday and do these auctions. Yeah. And for a lot of these people, dude, it's how they make their living. Yeah. And so let's get into that a little bit. She says, you know, every Tuesday they start slowly populating their website with the catalog for that Saturday. So you can start looking so at stuff. So it's a new, completely new catalog or pretty much for the most part it's evolving but yeah mostly new stuff they basically and on this i I have the paper somewhere there was like 395 items on it right this thing starts at three and just ends when it ends you know um and all these people are friends they're kind of frenemies in a way yeah they're all friends being against each other but it's you're it's also a community Yeah. yeah 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 um yeah they're competing but it's nothing without each other 
right? Like you all, you, everybody needs each other. So I get on the website, you know, and I procrastinated. So I, I think I was doing it the night before, like the morning of looking at it. And there's this blanket that just looked cool. It ends up being what's called a, a Hudson's, Hudson's Bay uh, 100% wool point blanket. That's what it's called. But to me, it was just a blanket with some colorful stripes on it. It was pretty big. I thought I'd use it as maybe like a te- uh, uh, te- tapestry, tapestry. Yeah, so you hang it on the wall. Yeah, yeah. It's it was just like whatever. I, I have been buying more books. I have this bookshelf that I like. I There were these bookends. I, just the other day, I was like, I need bookends. I need mm-hmm. something. So I was like, let me, uh, so I created this list. Then there was a Chinese painting and then there was a chair from Hans uh, Wagner, this Danish contemporary uh, designer who's made a bunch of furniture has had a huge impact on like the, you know, just kind of the state of contemporary like design and art. So I had this list of four things and like, to me that was a fun exercise because like, I knew it was going to make my mom happy that I even done research. Because yeah. I think a little bit of her was like, I'm kind of dragging myself into yeah. this thing. She mm-hmm. doesn't know if I'm having a good time. And I'm like, I'm going to really surprise the mom. hell out of it. Yeah. I'm going to really try to see if I can maximize the hell out of this by like really getting into it. I dressed up, dude. I got all dressed What'd up. What did you wear? Um, well, I wasn't super dressed up, but I had like this black like cashmere sweater and I wore some like my green, you know, kind of like dark green jeans. My black boots and this black, like that wool coat that I was wearing. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right? With this idea of like, it might have an impact on how people bid against me. Yeah. Like if I look like I mean business, <laughs> right? Yeah. But totally. also there's value, like it's, it's actually just fun to dress up. I felt yeah. good. I felt like I meant business. I'm here to, yeah. to get my things and learn about this. And if someone looks over and I look like a scrub, maybe they assume there's a better chance about bidding me. But if I look like I mean business, then maybe they won't. But also I knew it was gonna pump my mom up. So I get there and she's blown away. But sure enough, she's dressed up too. She's got a big necklace on, she's got this top on. She's kinda, and I'm so regretful that I didn't get a picture because it was such a moment for us. And it's actually very momentous because like my mom and I have gotten so much closer as she's lost weight. I encouraged her. Uh, I kinda, not encouraged her to lose weight, but she, Repeatedly you tells me, you no, no, no. She repeatedly tells me that like I motivated her to do it because mm-hmm. I lost weight and she looked at how I took an interest in my nutrition, all the benefits, started sharing a little bit about what I was doing. Hey, I'm hearing this and this from podcasts and dude, now she's sending me podcasts. She's, dude, you don't lose 212 pounds by That's like so doing nothing. Amazing. She threw out her entire kitchen. She's everything like she's deliberate about everything she eats now like she understands nutrition she's from the midwest she was cooking great cook but mostly bad stuff diet coke constantly like so much crap mcdonald's and now like i probably say like she's surpassed me in like the kind of how deliberate she is and how she eats right i work out a lot so i allow myself to cheat more but like she walks to the dog, but, and she's, you know, generally pretty active. She's 72, cuts her own lawn still. Like she's pretty, a pretty active person, but like she's surpassed it. Anyway, this auction for me, it was kind of momentous in this thing where it's like, it was one of the first times in a long time that my mom and I were just going out and doing something new together. And she's showing me something. I don't even think she realized just how much I was looking at it as in like, you're providing a 
pretty immense amount of value by exposing me to a new world. Mm-hmm. And no matter what goes on at these auctions, like I've never seen it before. Now I'm going to go see it. Yeah. Who knows what I'll take away from it. I can't wait to go back. I want to take all my friends. I think I kind of want to surprise her and like get a bunch of people together and go. And because yeah, like, kind of fun. so here's the thing. I get these things and like, here I am. I have these items, right? I have this experience. I won the auction for these items. They're actual actually are actually already being put to use that blanket. So, um, you know, my mom told me like, take a look at some items and set a budget for yourself. Right. And, you know, see what you want to do. And, uh, I got that blanket for, I think $55. Uh, no, like I need to read. It seems really inexpensive for what I'm going to, I'm about to blow your fucking mind. Yeah. Just looking at the design on it, it yeah. looks like it would be absurdly expensive. So and I can't even—I can only see like a sliver of it. Yeah, there's a cool tag on it, um, and we bid it. I think one person—it started at fifty. Someone bid it fifty-two fifty. I said fifty-five, and I—I kind of thought I was. Do you have gonna, the card? Are you like raising the card? Uh, well, here's the here's the kind of crappy part. I didn't even want to share this. I ended up having to do it online because we had to leave for the Seahawks game. Mm. But I had done all the research. And we're kind of there, and I'm going, all right. I wasn't thinking I was going to have to go online and do it. But once I was there, I was like, I really want to do this and yeah. try and get this blanket. So I'm at the Canterbury in Capitol Hill mm-hmm. on my phone bidding. As Doug Baldwin makes this catch, I had almost forgot about it. And I opened my phone. It's going once, going twice to someone for fifty-two fifty, And I click 55, and I swipe it. I get this thing, right? No so that's way. incredible. Is it, is it an app or like a website? It's a website. It is the jankiest website, which I love. To yeah. me, it's so great. It's a bad website. It's a horrible system. It's so bad, right? <laughs> but I, to me, that Just makes it better, it. right? Yeah. Um, and so my mom's like, her whole thing is like, every single item that she's got at the auction, she knows the backstory, the artist, where yeah. it came from, potential value. She kind of wants to start like her own little eBay store and do this. Right? Yeah. She's developed a good eye for some of this stuff. These blankets sell for, here's what's crazy. I'm walking around Capitol Hill today. I popped into a store and they have one of these blankets. The same made from a company. Or? So here's the beautiful thing of it. Let me, I like, I could do a whole podcast on this blanket. You can look it up. They're pretty popular. So you get on Wikipedia. Uh, it, I think it was in the 1700s at some point. Wool what accounted for like a large portion of business in in this world. So you remember we were talking about fur trade, beaver, yeah. beaver fur, Beaver's huge. beaver fur Insane. and wool trading. Insane. These blankets were a currency, dude. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You see those totally. four stripes? Yeah. That is a system so that when they're folded up in a physical transaction, someone knows by the number of those stripes. black stripes how big it is. So four makes what? it a double. That's kind of, I think that makes it like, that says, that tells someone they don't have to unfold it while yeah. they're doing a, you know, man, uh, in-person Interesting. negotiation. They go, they just know it's a system. Hudson's Bay Company was started in England. They make most of them. Uh, Pendleton has the rights to this. Yeah, I, I don't know if Pendleton's it's trademark really or something. Pendleton is the company that makes them and sells them in the U.S. Hudson's Bay, you can't buy here. They're sold, I think, in Europe and in Canada. I think, I'm not sure of this detail, but I think Hudson's Bay was sold to someone Mm -hmm. from England and moved it to Canada, something like that somehow. So you can go 
buy this brand of blanket and it's called a point blanket that four is the point and like uh, okay. at the and it's also analogous to me because at some point this meant a lot to someone like they needed this to stay warm i want to put something on my wall that looks cool or it's sitting on my couch yeah. that looks cool but like this was a currency at some point do you know how old that they used i'm going to do some research on it so i sent information to my mom and she went crazy at work today she's sending me all these articles all these excerpts from websites about it um the labels on them have evolved over the years and you can do some research by you can sometimes tie the label to a period of time is the label embroidered into it or it's a, it's a, it's a patch that's sewn in on, on one of the so that's like there. exactly because i have a pendleton blanket wool yeah. blanket and it is super yeah. nice and there's a patch woven into the corner yeah that says Pendleton blanket. This is a little bit about the yeah about it. So the ones that are made now are just blankets, right? But to me, yeah. it's so exciting that like this could potentially be from a time where it was like traded for another good. Yeah, right. Um, Currency, like you said. I'm at this store today. I met the owner Jeff from Standard Goods in Capitol Hill, dope store. Bought that candle there. He had a Pendleton blanket that looked just like this, and I said, "Hey, man, there's no price tag." I said, "Hey, how much is that?" I think he said it was like five hundred and eighty dollars. And it's smaller than this one. Wow. And people sell them. You can find them. They were given to like the Queen of England and used at like events like the, back in the day. People buy these for thousands of dollars. I have no idea the value of this blanket. Yeah. I got it for $55 <laughs> plus the 14% auction fee. So whatever that ended up being, 60 something dollars. Okay. Um, but like all from this experience with my mom, now I have this thing sitting here that I could talk to people about for hours. Yeah. It's symbolic of an experience with my mom, which I, you know, I'm probably reading into and making uh, probably a bigger deal than it really is. But like, who cares is you, you attach the value that you want to it. Yeah. I'm going to go do some research a little bit. I don't, I have no interest in selling it. Oh, Jeff at standard goods today was telling me that Chihuly avid collector of these buys them for thousands of dollars. He just finds them and he's like, I want, I need it. He's like, like someone that collects shoes or, cars yeah. he just has tons of them really he was like he goes to estate sales and people know that people know that and find him and the guy kind of joked he's like you could probably reach out to him and talk to him about it and potentially sell it i don't want to sell it i don't yeah. i'm not interested in any of that but like so cool to me to end up with this thing and the value has grown dramatically since i got it because I've done a little bit of research and learned a little bit more about it. Yeah, that's really. Who knows? Someone might hear this on the podcast and email, text. I want to see you after after we sign off. I want to see you hold it up and unfurl. I want to see like, the whole thing. Yeah, it's pretty dope. Um, I like the colors of it. It's like a so white cool. with black line with a short black lines. There's some red in there, or maybe that's orange. It looks really cool. Yeah, it looks cool. in phenomenal shape too. Yeah, it's supposed to be like really old. I. Uh, the auctioneer was really cool because he like as the auction was going and he'd bid items he'd give you a little bit more detail and it was really funny because he'd throw out a detail that would totally change your perception on the thing so he's auctioning he's saying the prices yeah then is he saying this is where this came from this is where yeah. this he'd go hey here's a painting from China tell you the size the materials you know it's canvas oil paint whatever the artist what's in the painting if there's any defects, a lot of these things would have a ding or a hole or a scratch, whatever. And then he'd be like, this was on some ship in 1943. And everyone would be like, what? Like, what? And then, like, the bidding would go through the roof. He'd just, really? like, drop something like that. And it'd be kind of weird. We'd be like, wouldn't you say that first? 
you know, but I wish I was there when he was actually talking about this blanket because yeah. who knows what he said. He probably, the age of things was very important and obviously the origin, like where they came from, how they got them. Because the other interesting thing about this auction is that it's mostly uh, fueled by individual consignees. Like I could take anything down there and go like, hey, could you guys, like I I could go down there and say, Everybody knows what consign is, but I yeah. could go, hey, I want to sell this for 75 bucks. Do you think you could? Or that's my minimum. Yeah. And they would go, eh, maybe, maybe not, and go do it. So, like, someone brought this in there. And my mom's freaking out. Like, you have no idea who could have owned that blanket. You have no idea what transaction, other yeah. transactions it could have been involved in before yeah. it got to you. Which reminds me, I think I'm going to go get it dry cleaned or, like, something. Yeah, I was going to say. what's going on with it. But, like, it's... It's an incredible condition. The first thing I did when I walked up to it was smell it. It smells good. It doesn't smell like weird or anything. I bet it, uh, probably been washed. I bet at places like that, there has, there has there's some minimum standard of <clears throat> yeah cleanliness and things like that. And <sighs> anyway, you brought up an interesting point about your mom, and we talked at the beginning of this about how it's very the most important thing is that you derive motivation and then build momentum intrinsically and within yourself because that's where it starts and that's where it ends in the end Mm -hmm. but one thing that we touched on before with mikey is the impact that mentors coaches and others can have Mm -hmm. on either building your momentum or maintaining your momentum or, or helping you get out of your way and and really keeping your momentum going or by telling their stories of what they've gone through and how they built their momentum or tell them their story of what they did to get to where they are now. I think that was something that was, should not be um, forgotten is the impact that others can have as long as they are bringing in the right type of momentum for you. Yeah. So was there something that stood out about what I said about my mom, or was I? Just yeah, because you said that you said that your mom started to look at you for your weight loss. Yeah, and then she saw the story that you were beginning to tell and show, yeah. and that she then started to, to do that. Yeah, yeah, it's good. And point. I'm sure you guys had a lot of conversations then about what you were doing and yeah. how you were going about it, and well, you yeah. guys then started to feed off of each other. Yeah, for sure. Because most of our interaction now is like, I'll go up there share a meal with her you know yeah and it used to just be that the meal was what's up what's going on in your life right now basic stuff whereas now the actual food you know she's excited to tell me like more excited and she knows that it holds different value to tell me what she's cooking what she made what's in it Mm -hmm. where she got the idea where she got the vegetables like she's always telling me where she what store like yeah so so yeah there's just so there's so much to it. And so it's like, I love that it's momentum originates from like physics, right? Because like you can't argue it, right? And so as we're having conversations about some things that are a little bit more abstract, yeah. in a way it ends up being super tangible because as we talk, we're like, holy shit, how powerful is that thing? And you didn't even expect that to happen. So I'm super excited that this is our second episode that we can release to the world. And I think... I'm really excited. I, I, I'm, I'm just really excited that this is going to be a much different flavor than our first episode, right? I think yeah. there's obviously tangents and we're talking about a bunch of random stuff, but I think people are going to see just get a little bit more value 
and uh, hopefully there's better feedback. And then for us, you know, well, this this is just an exciting conversation. I really enjoyed yeah. this conversation. So I think there's got to be a, a link to how much we're enjoying it to how much our potential listeners are going to enjoy it. Yeah, I agree. I got to say, the uh, the the cactus is a very similar color to our logo. Yeah, that's kind of I don't know if you got that intent full or deliberate or not, but (sighs) Stephanie had some really like some cool neon stuff, like lighting. I really like neon stuff too. And so I really wanted to shout out. You can get some really cool like custom neon stuff made. I'm going to. They had other stuff there that I've really been intrigued by. Well, I also, you know, like I'm not going to like live here forever, but like, dude, I would really like to have. You know, I got this desk part of it so I could like work from home, but other part of it so we could have a more comfortable place to talk. And I definitely, when I bought this, I was like, this will be funny to put up like, <laughs> while, while we're talking, right? This neon, neon cactus. But I definitely think, you know, I'd love to have. Dude, like, we should get a neon eventually. light of the logo. Yeah, we totally should. Hundred percent. I'd love to know. see what they would do little do with our like little faces on yeah. each side. That'd be hilarious. We'd probably have to dumb it down. A yeah, little I'm bit, sure. You know, but it might. You know, what would be kind of cool is to just have a neon light that just says podcast. Yeah, because that's turn like it on irony when we're, when we're doing it and turn it off when we're not. Yeah, it's like the open side. Yeah, exactly. Oh, do you kind of feel like we're finishing up right now? Yeah. Uh, before we do, I want to ask you a question, um, and I. I think it's good that we prepare information, but I, you obviously know I love the, the rawness of, of randomness. And so this might come out of left field, but I think um, I'm going to ask you a yes or no question, but then a like the tell me more thing. And yeah. I know your, your, your first answer is obviously going to be a yes, but I'm interested to see how you might elaborate on, on this. Um, and it's interesting to me as I, you know, I'm looking back at obviously – my past relationship and looking forward to other ones. I I think I'm just super excited to hear what you have to say about this. So what do you think? So let me just say this. Do you experience momentum with Jenna in your relationship? And for the people that don't understand, Will and Jenna recently got engaged. They're getting married later this uh, summer. And you guys have been together for nine years. Yeah. Nine, nine years. years. Shout out to Jenna. Nine and a half. Amazing, amazing woman. Um, so, yeah. Do you guys experience momentum in your relationship and what is that like? Short answer, yes. Uh, I think a lot of that has to, it honestly starts with those basic of how your day go. And good momentum can be started when you see each other in the morning. She usually is up before me. Um, because she wakes up at five thirty in the morning. That's impressive. Yeah, yeah. that wine she drinks. Yeah, I know. Uh, but I think you. <laughs> sorry, I think momentum. Sorry, Jen. Uh, momentum <laughs> definitely comes and goes. It's 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 kind of. I think all relationships go through waves. They go through highs and lows, and uh, I think it's really comes down to just knowing that it's easy to start. It's not easy, but you can always start momentum with just. Caring, hey, how'd your day go? Really paying attention to their body language. Like mm. today, for instance, oh. I was in, I was tired, I was pretty tired 
last night I took some melatonin, had some weird ass fucking dreams, and I was like, cool. what's going on? Uh, so I did not get some good sleep. So I was kind of tired and really groggy all day. I made it into the gym this morning, which was a struggle for that. But I started some good momentum by just even getting out of bed. You guys go together to the gym? No, because she yeah. goes. She has to. She has to go to the gym at like five okay. because it takes girls longer to get ready and all that kind of stuff. Well, doesn't she also have to drive? Yeah, to her job. Yeah, twenty five minutes to <laughs> get her job. Uh, but you get back from work and you can just kind of see that like I could tell that she was a little bit I don't know if it was annoyed or off or something and like I try to be like positive and happy and you know you give her a kiss and you the most I think what's really important is you you say and I try and do this when I remember and don't always remember is you say three good things that happened to you that day to the other person because then you're starting good momentum with them about things that you're not only giving them insight into what your day day was, but you are then giving them it's conversation points. Yeah. And then hopefully they'll then say, what are three good things that happened to them? If not, that's okay. Uh, but for what happened today is she was making dinner super appreciative. One of my love languages is acts of service. So anytime she makes dinner, just anything like that, I'm like, I, lo- I love it. Mm-hmm. And I could just tell she was off. And then I asked her like, Hey, like what, like, are you, I was like, are you, I was like, just, we were sitting on the couch and I was like, before I was going to come over here. And I think I'm never sure. Like if I go to do these things, I'm like, it's kind of bummed that I'm going like, you never, you never know. Yeah. Um, and you just, you just ask her like, Hey, how are you doing? Are you okay? And she was like, I'm pretty bummed out actually. Like I found out that my, cause she was really one to sw- make the switch into PE because she's just kind of, she's burnt out from the standard elementary school teacher life and she teaches what right now fifth grade which is my when i was in fifth grade my uh my class we allegedly from my teacher gave her a stroke we were that stressful of a class so we were little hellions yeah i've I've got the same feedback so uh (laughs) i can only imagine what she's dealing with on a day-to-day basis um because i remember pretty vividly some of the stuff that we were doing in the ridiculousness of fifth grade and anyways she was just super bummed out about that and just being able to have that conversation and just being able to be aware of what they're going through is able to then start momentum because then that gets them off that gets that that off their chest yeah they might feel a little bit better that they've at least had been able to talk to somebody about that and that's a big thing that we talk about that's in tribes yeah. tribe is how many people just need a sounding board mm-hmm. and that just starts good momentum. Like I, I left and I was like, Hey, I love you. Bye. You know, but at least that starts good momentum in another way. But that's a really roundabout answer of yes, no, there is a lot of momentum in relationships. And when you're with someone for nine plus years, you go through a lot of highs and you go through a lot of lows and it's really just being able to maintain and keep momentum going when, and being able to stop and realize when momentum's going in uphill instead of going downhill. Yeah. And being able to say, Hey, like, let's do something for ourselves. Yeah. And start the momentum going in the positive direction. I thought it was kind of cool that you guys had planned this dinner on kind of the quote first day back because this was, was this was her first day back at school, right? Yeah. From the break. So I, I, I know we didn't talk about that earlier, but when you mentioned, I think at some point that 
you wanted to record later so you guys could do dinner. I was like, oh, that seems smart. Because we usually, we usually record first thing after work. Yeah. And I was like, can we do this later? Yeah. Interesting. That's a really, really good answer. And so sorry for hitting you with a kind of surprise personal question about it, but I think that's super valuable to hear, you know, because you're obviously for a million reasons, right? It's obvious. I don't need to recite what you just said, but like, you know, you're being deliberate about it. I think you, it's probably obvious that you've got to be more deliberate in how you, how you kind of operate a relationship the longer you go, right? Mm -hmm. Nine years in, you've got to, you know, it, I don't want to say that it doesn't get easier or maybe that it gets harder per se, but like it would make sense that when you the more deliberate, the longer you've dated, the better. When you, when you've been dating someone for nine years, you feel like, and I think this happens to a lot of couples, you feel like you can just brush things off because you're like, Oh, we've been together for this long. Like it doesn't yeah. matter. Like, you know what? Just brush it off. Who cares? She knows but me, like, like, it's cool. Whatever. But like, no, that's like, nobody wants to be treated that way. Yeah. People want to be felt valued for and respected and heard and loved and had fun with and all those types of things. Yeah. Well, it's good you say that because it's just so easy. It's yeah. so easy to think like I've you've put in so much work so that so maybe you don't. It, maybe you start to fall into this trap and thinking that it doesn't require as much effort as you once put into it subconsciously. I don't think anyone's purposely going, I don't have to try as hard because we've been together so long, but it's just so easy naturally to go, Hey, we've been doing this so long. We've come home to the same house every day. Yeah. Stop thinking deliberately about pursuing that person and making sure they feel that way every mm-hmm. day. Um, and when you're inside and when you're excited to see someone like it just, it's just that energy they, the other person just feeds off of it. Mm-hmm. And we, that's what we started the conversation with when I played a good round of golf and I came back and I was just pumped up. It totally changed Jenna's mood. She was excited. Really? She was, she was, she was, became excited too. Do you, you mentioned the, the three things that happened. Yeah. You guys do that. Do you do that pretty religiously? Like both of you every day? Is it, Kind of around the time you get home, it's kind of just random. I wouldn't say it happens that all that often. It's usually when I just remember to do it. Yeah. Um, and I'm not like I'm not deliberate. I'm like, hey, what were the three good things that happened to you today? Yeah. It's kind of just like an organic thing. Like, how'd your day go? And like, you're just trying to focus on the good things. And if bad things happen, you know that's okay. Let's talk about them. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny how like how. But you, you're making a deliberate choice of what type of feeling and emotion and um, emotions that you want to bring to the yeah. table. Do you want to bring positive emotions to the table, talk about the good things, or do you want to bring negative emotions that talk about the bad things? And yeah. then you always need to talk about the negatives and things that are, that are difficult in your life. But if that's always the case, it's people don't want to be around that all the time. Well, at the end of the day, you're nurturing this connection you have with another human. And like, it's, it's, uh, it's like, obviously you're going to talk about all that stuff, but applying a little bit of a concept to it probably means you're going to be better at it. Yeah. And you're going to do it more and that per- you're just going to feel so much more connected. And then you mentioned the good things and the bad things. Well, like it's there. 
they're both incredibly important to talk about often because those bad things are are like the opportunity to grow and to maybe talk about you know depending on how bad it was you know or how bad the thing is or how serious it is maybe you guys can help each other avoid that yeah. even if it's a something unique to your own life that maybe doesn't involve the other person yeah you know? But in the end, it does because all those experiences end up making you who you are. If she has a bad day at work, like, yeah, that's that's her life, but like, that's your partner. So it's important to you how those things are going because it's going to affect how you guys interact. Yeah. Obviously, right? Yeah. But I just think, dude, all this stuff is obvious, but yeah. it's just so great to talk about it and, yeah. and have these reference points to to look back to. So, on that note, should we? slow this momentum and yeah. get you back to your fiance. Yeah. Fiance. Have you seen that Seinfeld episode? No, but Jenna always says fiance. Oh, that's a good one. Pretty standard yeah. though. No. I feel like she's probably more of a friends person and I'm definitely a sign. I don't even like the dialogue about you got to be one or the other. That's, that's There's no dialogue to me because do. I'm neither. <laughs> I think I'm making you a Seinfeld person just because I mention it all the time. And so Probably. Like you're, you're ready for it. But uh, <clears throat> anything else you want to? I think we covered a pretty wide gamut. This went way longer than I thought it was. Yeah. But it was good. Sorry. But uh, I, I, I definitely want to reiterate something I think we've always said. You know, one, thank you for listening. Uh, as we talked about with our moms and really any relationship, like time has got to be the most valuable thing you have, right? As they all say, you can't get it back right you can replace money and things but so like i think we're super grateful for the time that people spend listening to this um so and so like thank you for coming back if this is your second time listening if it's your first time welcome um but i want to really blast out to the world that like this is all about the feedback like this is you and i having dialogue putting it out to the world as dialogue to everybody else to hopefully foster more conversations. And so thanks to everyone who's given us feedback in any, over any medium. Uh, I've gotten some calls, some texts, and obviously a lot of in-person conversation, obviously messages back on Instagram as we post about it, but, you know, share with us as much as you can, you know, uh, the bad feedback with the good, right? Yeah. We want to know. Yeah. Speaking of that, I do have some bad feedback that we'll have to discuss on offline here. But um, that's okay, dude. Like we said, that's an opportunity. Like yeah. it's great. Like if you hate it, great. Like tell us why. I want people to feel one way or the other. To be honest, right? Yeah. But anyways, yeah. You know, I would say, uh, yeah, we appreciate your time. We appreciate all the feedback. Um, we'd also really appreciate it if you guys could go onto iTunes and uh, subscribe and uh, give us a rating. Um, and leave some feedback for us. We'd, we'd really appreciate that. So. And if you want us to talk about something or you want to like be on, you know, like suggestions would be super cool. Yeah, that'd be really like cool. Shooting in the dark. But, and I think, of, and most of all, like we're super we're grateful for all of our kind of relationships and like we just love everybody out there, yep. you know? So thank you guys.